0: Well hello and welcome to another edition of the Deal Flow Show. I'm JP Moroni, your host along with Paul Nicolini, our astute co-host on the show. And uh, today we've got g- another great guest. We have Corey Jackson with us from Quirks. And many other background things that we can't wait to jump into and talk a little bit about, including how you may uh, have to be recruited as part of the Harbor City team to help us take on the capital markets in the three on three in New York City in the basketball world. So, we're going to talk a little bit about that too. Uh, But, Corey Jackson, so glad to have you on the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So, we're going to do a little bit of background, but I want to set this up by saying I've been watching you on LinkedIn, not in a creepy sort of way, but you and I made contact probably a year and a half or so ago when we were talking about another program, podcast I wanted to put together, and I still want to have you on that. But when we were putting together season one, these episodes of The Deal Flow Show, Right around that time, you posted something on LinkedIn about deal making and that deal process and it resonated and I was like, man, I got to have you on this show. So we're super excited. If you could just give us a little bit of background about how you got started in business and deal making and everything that you're putting together with partnerships these
1: days. Yeah, um... So so I own a company called Quirks. Um we started uh about a little over three years ago. Um we changed course um in the midst of that. But um how I actually got to to the point of actually starting Quirks and, and focusing on what we do is early on when I got uh out of sports, I got injured and you know, it happens all the time, but my contract was tied up in um arbitration. So that means I couldn't get paid. <laughs> And so uh, I tried to get a job and I realized that that wasn't going to work. And so that kind of led me to say, well, you know, what is my skill sets and how can I leverage them out here um, basically on the open market? And I saw a direct uh, link in uh, a market dislocation when it came to athletes and careers. And I dove in head first and uh, started working with companies to fix it.
0: What is it that you do now with Quirks? Can you describe that for our audience that's not
1: familiar with the company yet? Yeah, um, so basically what we do is we take uh, elite athletes, pro athletes, uh, they can be from NBA, NHL, they can be from any elite sport. Um, They can be uh, soccer players in Germany, it doesn't matter for us. But we decode that whole system of what they've learned and skill sets that they've developed over time being an athlete. And then we translate that into corporate terms so that they can get the type of roles and positions in companies that they're looking to have. And so we really uh, show companies the value of taking an individual from one industry and bringing them to a new industry and investing in that relationship so that they can long-term add value to your culture and your company. Very
0: interesting. So it's across many different sports disciplines, but using a similar model to leverage those assets into the future, as you know, as you experience. Sometimes a a, a sports career can be cut short or sometimes it can be long, but at the end you gotta have what's next in that next game plan. Um, Can you give us some examples of some of the types of uh, whatever you can share, if it's names or not, but the types of deals that y'all are doing and putting together?
1: Yeah. So, um, we do a couple of different things. So we work with fortune 500 companies and technology companies. And so, um, for us, our business model is what kind of makes us unique. Um, so we don't operate like a typical recruiting firm or executive recruiting firm that you would see. Um, we kind of took a model from sports and we look at things in like multi-year deals. And so a lot of times like our recruiting firms do these one-off things. Like I got a, cl- uh, a candidate and i place placed them with your company. And so what we do is we create opportunities to do it over a period of time. And so we ask for a, a lot of amount of hires over X amount of time. And what that does is it allows us to forecast what the number is going to be, what we can make, what we can generate, and how we can actually get there uh, the fastest. And so what that does is separates us from everyone else. And now we have actual true partnerships with companies and we have long-term value versus one-off deals.
0: You've heard the term necessity is the mother of invention. It sounds like this came about of you going, hey, I got to get some scratch and how can I best do that? So kudos for putting together an interesting business model. Let's take you back to the world of sports for a little bit. I know you have those conversations all the time but and, and um, can't avoid that, but let's talk a little bit about that. What was your career like? Uh, go back maybe even into school and some of the things that you were doing.
2: Actually, I want to hear about the one-way ticket that you took from high school to your college?
1: So I will say that that was my first deal, right? My first deal. Uh, So I didn't get recruited out of high school. I went to a small high school, didn't get recruited. Um, Wasn't a great student at all. Um, Ended up working at Walmart for uh, a year, did that for a year. Um, Decided I wanted to do something different. I knew I was athletic, knew I had talent. Um, And so I wanted to play basketball. And so there was this junior college in Texas, I said, well, I'm going to Texas. I'm going to play basketball. And so I bought a one-way ticket because that's all I could afford. And I didn't call the coach. I didn't uh, enroll in the school. I didn't apply for the school. I said, I'm just going to show up. And so I get to the bus station, and then I realized, like, well, I'm at the bus station, but I need a ride to the school. And uh, that's when I called the coach from the payphone. And I just started talking to him. I said, hey, listen, I'm a basketball player. I want to play basketball for you. I'm a power forward. I'm from South Carolina. Started telling him all this stuff. And the guy said, hold up, stop. I have no idea who you are, no clue who you are. Um, and uh, basically, how big are you, right? And so at the time, I was about 6'5", you know, 185 pounds. I said, well, coach, I'm 6'8". <laughs> and so... <laughs> I knew that there wasn't a college coach in America that would leave a 6'8 basketball player sitting at the bus station, right? And so the guy says, well, if you're not six-eight, I'm leaving you at the bus station. He hangs up. And uh, sure enough, he drove He drove up to the bus station, looked me up and down, said close enough, put me in the car and, and drove me off to school. Um, the cool part of the story was he didn't have any room for me on the team. He had 25 players already. Um, and so he was like, I can't help you, you know? And I went into the gym and I'm watching these guys play and I'm like, man, I done made this two day bus trip and I can't even, you know, I can't get on the team, can't get into school. And fortunately he let me play a pickup game. First play, I dunk on three guys. He stops the game, walk onto the court and say, listen, I don't know why you came here, but I'm glad you did. He's like, we want you on this team. And that's how I got into school. You know, that was my first official deal, I guess. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's like that George Washington burned the boats, right? That one-way ticket. That's that's a great story. Yeah, yeah. yeah you need a. Have you done uh, much in the way? You have a
1: book out, right? I do have a book out. It's called Think Different, Be Different, Live Different. Um, and I I've been the corporate speaker for a while, so I've spoken in technology companies, uh, universities, and all those good things as well.
2: I'm thinking we need another book called "A One-Way Ticket to Success." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Corey, speak a little bit more about. Um, you, then you went back to. You went. You didn't want to play basketball overseas, I think, right? And then you went back to University of Nevada to to pursue another career, your master's
1: degree. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, I had a semester to finish on my bachelor's degree, um, and so I didn't get uh, drafted by the NBA, and and I didn't want to go to play in Europe Um, but I had several offers to do so. And so I was just like, well, I'm just going to go back and finish my degree until I figure it out. Well, one of the football coaches walked up to me and said, hey, listen, man, you've been playing the wrong sport. I'm just telling you, you need to come play football. And so he invited me out to come play football, which I didn't, you know, I didn't play football since junior high. You know, I I mean, you know, now I'm in my 20s. I would think I was like 21 years, 22 years old. Didn't play football since junior high. Um, and uh, he invited me out to play. Um, I played a semester where I only played 12 plays, uh, had one pla- one pass breakup, one block field goal, one tackle for loss. So it was no outstanding, pristine career, or anything like that. Um, but what happened for me was they had a pro day and one of my coaches called me and I'm literally at my apartment. He says, hey, listen, I got 30 NFL scouts up here. They want to see you today. You need to get up to the school and so i went up there did a workout for him um walked off the field the guys didn't say anything to me like i seen all the scouts they didn't say anything to me did the workout walked off the field and my phone started ringing and it was an agent I said hey listen i heard you did fantastic in your workout today i want i want to represent you and literally that whole day my phone just was blowing up with just agents calling and and it was just a it's a remarkable thing that happened. Um and so I ended up that year, which was two thousand three, signing away with the Cleveland Browns. Did you somewhere along the line you then negotiated your own contracts? Yeah. So <laughs> the funny thing about that, a lot of things happen out of necessity. Um I got I got uh in a situation where all of um my coaches got fired (laughs) and so uh, my coaches got fired and typically what happens when your coaches get fired the new coach is going to bring in players they like and not only are they going to bring in players they like they're going to bring in their system you know their defenses Mm -hmm. their offenses the whole nine Um, where I was one of the younger players so they kept Mm -hmm. me um, but they changed the defense from a 4-3 to a 3-4 which I wasn't a 3-4 defensive end and so essentially I didn't have a position Um, And so what I had to end up doing was at some point I had to go into the front office and say, hey, listen, I need you to let me out of this contract. (laughs) Right. And, you know, the saying, you know, like pretty much nothing in life is free. And so um, it cost me about a million dollars to get out the contract. And I didn't have a, a team at the time, nowhere to go. Um, this was like at the end of training camp. So there was really like all teams' rosters was full, filled up and I had no idea what team I was going to go to or anything. So it was a pretty ballsy move. Um, but a week later, uh, the Denver Broncos called and I ended up signing with the Denver Broncos.
0: Nice. What, uh, when you look back, obviously there's, you speak, so there's, uh, to audiences, and I'm sure you pull from some of the the parallels, lessons that you've learned. What do you think are some of the things that you've learned over the years on the court and on the field that have carried over to the deal-making table? Like whether it's confidence or whatever it might be that that you felt like, man, I really, I'm glad I had those experiences, so they helped prepare me.
1: Yeah, I mean, sports—if you think about it—is really mostly about strategy. Um, you know, you can be a great athlete, but you know, someone with a great strategy can beat you, right? And so, what I look for is advantages always look for advantages an advantage for me even in sports if I'm, I'm going against a, a guy that's bigger and stronger than me my advantage is uh well is his feet slow right can, can I can I make him turn one direction and, and go the other direction and so it's the same thing when it comes to deals it's like well you know are they giving away tells right how bad do they want this deal done you know um are they in a desperate situation or you know it's always looking for these tells um, and that's and when we in sports we kind of call that like the uh, just just little um, little little tells that's going to let you know what the play is going to be right. And so if I know if I'm going against a tackle and he takes his hand off the ground, he lets me know that it's not going to probably be a running play. You know, it's ninety percent of the time it's going to be a passing play, right? And so I just look for these little tells, and, and I think um, that's one of the big things I learned from sports is how to be strategic and how to see. Uh, the unseen it's real
0: big when you're doing deals today what sort of um, things are you looking for to put together are you bringing teams together to make these things happen or is it very much just a connecting the dots between a player or a a present or former athlete and a future opportunity are you organizing an entire team around them
1: uh, a little bit of both. Um, it just depends on the athlete. It depends on what they're looking for. Um, we can get anything from an athlete wanting to leverage their uh, endorsement deal and, and cash out and put it into a business venture. Or we can get a guy who has uh, a team already and they're looking for capital for a real estate, real estate project that's like a mixed use. And, you know, so we get all of these different types of assortment of deals and different types of athletes. Some athletes are very fresh and new at it. Some have been seasoned at it and been doing it for a while. So it just, really, it just really depends on the athlete, and it depends on what they're looking for and where they are um, in their specific journey.
0: How do you prepare, obviously, in going back to the sports? I mean, you watch tape, you're, you're, you you got to go in with a strategy, all those things that you know. How do you prepare to go to the deal table? What's your process?
1: Yeah, um, outside of just doing the due diligence and the work that it takes to do it, um i'm always surrounding myself with interesting people that are doing deals right and i'm always trying to um hear and listen to how people look at deals how they break down deals how they evaluate deals because i'm always trying to add value to myself um i'm i'm just one person right like i, I don't claim to know everything but i'm always trying to be around knowledgeable people you know a show like this right with definitely be right up my alley because someone's talking about how they view deals, which is a total different perspective from me that adds a lot of value to me. So I just look for different little uh, opportunities to learn from people. Um, and then I kind of get excited when I see it. I got friends that are doing deals all the time too. So we have these conversations. It's kind of like before the games, we get hype, you know, and so we having these conversations, you know, I have a friend that just just uh, closed $7 million on a deal. And, you know, I get excited. I'm like, oh, wow, let's Where's my deal? I got to go get a deal, I got to find a deal, right? And so we kind of keep each other pumped that way.
2: In our in our um, our call to you, our pre-call for the show, we asked about your spare time and you had said that you'd like to develop additional skills that would help you in today's environment. Could you talk about any of those?
1: Yeah, uh, I think the biggest thing is uh, for me is, and it's directly relates to deals, um, for me, it's about thinking, right? Like how, understanding how to think. I think that's a, that's one of the amazing skills that people don't focus on a lot um, because you see the uniqueness in opportunities. And it's not necessarily about just being innovative and, and things of that nature, but it's saying, hey, well, I heard this one thing when I was watching uh, the Deal Flow show and I can plug that into what I'm doing, right? And I think that's a skill when you can actually take something and make it applicable to what you're doing and being aware of those things. And so I'm always working on my awareness and working on how I can take something from another industry and add to my industry and what I'm doing.
0: What kind of deals are you working on right now? Is there anything that you can share, uh, kind of the the thing that's keeping you up and, and getting you juiced in the mornings?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, funny thing, I had a deal come through today, um, very basic deal, but it was athlete, kind of like what I was saying a little earlier, had, have a big endorsement deal. Um, the payout structure is structured a certain way. You want to access a certain amount of it. And so I have partners that are looking to uh, be in the space of lending, right? They want to lend. And, and for me, it's being able to leverage my network to help them get that done. And so anytime I can do something like that, that's a, that's a fun day for me, because I help someone be able to access some capital and do some of the things they want to do. And I also help some of my partners uh, be able to create uh, lending opportunities as well for them. So things awesome. like that, and, and then we also do, uh, we help athletes, we, we, do a lot of, we do a lot of help on debt side, right? Because, and, and here's why though, because a, a lot of times as an athlete, people are always asking you for your money, they're always saying, hey, invest in what we're doing or, hey, can you lend to these things? Um, and so we we're very heavy on the debt side for is helping them access capital, access debt, whether that's mezzanine debt, whether that's uh, bridge loans, all those things that they're working on for, for their ventures. We're always helping them access capital, even for his investment as well.
0: I like this, so you're going to have to hold hold your question. All right, so are you're telling me that you're um, giving present monetization for future earnings on contracts in this space, like endorsement deals and such?
1: For sure, for sure. Um, You know, when you look at athletes, um, you have a limited earning potential in a sense because something can happen to make your deal fall through. But when you have a great idea, you have a great venture, you have something working on what you're working on that can make you money. That's where you really win. That's the upside. Um, and so you can get these, these, uh, advancements on this money for a reasonable interest rate. It makes sense that you take it and turn it into more pay that back. Now, even if you get injured, even if something happens, you have actually capital that's yours that you can lay claim to that you earn um, outside of sports. And when you start earning outside of sports, that's when you really moving like you need to be moving.
0: Well, it's great because we all hear the, the stories and I know you're associated with a couple of guys on LinkedIn that I had watched them talk about that work with the Players Association and people like that where you know a lot of the the athletes they it's the first big money they've ever seen in their life when they sign the ball deal and then it may be short-lived, or as you said, there's a lot of people nipping at you. I call them umbilical cords. A lot of people walking around, looking to plug their umbilical cord into you and suck off that that joy that you've just been able to secure with your, with your, your life and your body. But when those deals are gone, those opportunities are gone, the contract plays out, someone's injured, trade happens, whatever, all of a sudden they look up and a lot of these guys don't have money, don't have resources. And that's exciting that you're creating opportunities for them to create immediate cash to and, and teaching them, it sounds like, how to parlay that into other opportunities, but also to be able to create some future wealth and s- solidity for their for their family, something that they can count on long, long after they're off the field, that's exciting.
1: Right, I was just gonna say, because they're in a space that's so hot, You know, it's so hot that, you know, if you leverage it right, you never have to worry about finances and you never have to worry about money. Um, But it's about being aware of the opportunities that presents themselves and and being in control of that um, as well. So, yeah, I was going to say they
2: they need a guy like Corey, too, because isn't the first thing all the athletes here is I've got the greatest thing in the world. you got to hear it. (laughs) Oh, I yeah. need the money. you got to hear it. Yeah, right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, that's been my... I know you live in that world, but everything that I've talked to other colleagues that played ball and such, it's... Uh, you know, and the money being paid out today is crazy compared to what people were paid, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. But still, it's um, it's a big problem, obviously, in the industry with guys looking up one day and they don't... I mean, much like entertainment industry, they look up and they don't have anything left. Yeah. So, um what when you when you're looking at a deal, what are some of the characteristics that you look at or look for that you go, this is my sweet spot?
1: Yeah, um, I, I think the the very first thing that I look at um, is is who is, who's involved in the deal, right? Like, um, it's 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 always always about the people. You know, the people make the deal. Um, so so I always start there, um, and then. I look at if I'm if there's an uh, athlete involved, I'm looking at, you know, what are their needs? You know, if this deal went left, if it went sideways, if it, you know, if it didn't work out, what how much risk, uh, how much exposure do they have? Right. Um, And so um, from that regard, that's what I'm looking at. Um, And and the, the structure of the deal, you know, at the end of the day, can we all win on this deal? Right. Like, you know. If, if we all can't win on the deal, then it's probably not a good deal. Um, and so I'm, I'm looking at these things, um, you know, the the structure of the deal, who's involved, you know, what's going to happen if the deal goes sideways. And then can we win? Is it significant enough? Right. Like not just can we make money, but is it significant enough for our time to get involved and, and actually go down? Because we know how deals are. Deals can, you know, take a long time that look like it's simple can turn complex and you know so you want to make sure that you're making good use of your time when it comes to doing a deal so it has to be worth it it has to be significant enough for sure
2: corey you've had an extraordinary path leading up to where you are right now certainly it's not straight up so how do you deal with the failures or the setbacks tell us how that how that happens for you
1: i have a lot of exposure to failure (laughs) right and so you know early on in life you know I grew up uh, in a small town. We didn't have a lot, you know, single wide mobile home. Any given time, eight, nine people in this space. Um, And so um, I saw a lot of disappointment at times. I saw a lot of struggle at times. Um, But for me, I think the biggest thing is I get excited, you know, when it comes to having some downs because it kind of gets me motivated um, because I know from experience, there's the up. That's coming right and i think sometimes people hit those downs and they don't they don't they can't think far enough ahead to say hey this is just a moment right and so we have these moments everybody has them you can't escape them you try to minimize them as much as possible but for me i get excited because it's a challenge and i want to win right and, and so my job is to overcome that challenge and win
0: i have a three-part mission statement my own personal one it's make money make memories make a difference. That difference is all about legacy. You talked about growing up in a single wide home and and coming from a small town, coming from, from, you know, limited or meager means and all of that. Now you've had some success. You're hanging around people that are having some success. What's your game plan for leaving a legacy? Obviously, your company is making a difference in the lives of people through the commercial success but do you have anything outside of the business or any other things that you're doing to give back or to contribute or to make a difference in those that are looking for a come up?
1: Yeah, um, and this is gonna be the first time I I say this publicly, um, but um, I have plans to develop uh, the, so I went to a school called Ranger College in in Texas. Um, And if you go to the school right now today, Right. From when I went there back in in 98, you go to the day, it looks the exact same, looks like projects. I don't know if you ever seen the projects. It looks like the projects. And all of us that came to that school were people from underprivileged backgrounds you know, struggled uh, just to get out of their neighborhoods and, and and make it to that point, not even to get a degree or anything like that. It was an accomplishment just to be there on campus. And this place is literally looked like the projects, right? And so, um, you know, I have a mission now that we're putting things aside for because I want to redevelop the whole entire uh, campus, like literally the whole campus, um, because the individuals that, that went to that school, most of them didn't graduate. Most of them ended up going back to where they came from. Um, and, but there wasn't a structure in place at the time to deal with or equip people um, that came from those backgrounds to be successful. Um, it was They didn't understand them. They didn't understand how they thought, how they operated. They didn't understand why they did what they did. And so I wanna put more effort into rebuilding that whole uh, college um and this is a big goal for me because it's personal um it's something that i see uh happen over and over and i've had young guys that i've uh sent to that college um and go through those experiences and it's like that is close to my heart you know changing the lives of people who have the same experience as me i was very i was very fortunate you know um i happen to be super athletic you know very talented but on top of that, I was insanely, insanely uh, like just locked in on my work ethic. Um, and so, I mean, even people thought I was crazy at the school because the girls want to hang out. And I'll tell them, meet me in the gym, you know, and, and we'll hang out in the gym. <laughs> and so I, I was very fortunate that I had the DNA that I have and the mindset that I have. And I want to be able to give back in that way and, and, and help other, other individuals that's going to go through that experience and equip them for success as well.
0: I wanna talk about that work ethic here in just a moment, but if you're watching or listening to this episode of The DealFlow Show, you can get access to our archives, previous episodes, as well as subscribe or follow us for future episodes by going to TheDealFlowShow.com. That's TheDealFlowShow.com. We have Corey Jackson, uh, former NFL, former power forward in college, basketball and now CEO and deal maker with a company called Quirks. So Corey, welcome back to the show. I want to talk a little bit about, you said something a moment ago about you had strong work ethic. And I wanted to, to number one, give a props to you, but also talk about the fact that you were athletic. And you did have a lot of genetic things going for you, you know, 6'5 or 6'8 if, <laughs> if you listen to the phone call you made to the coach. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, you had a lot of those things in your favor. But we know plenty of stories of people that have all of those assets and still screw it up because of what's going on between their ears. And so where did you get or develop the drive, were the things that affected that early on, Was it was a mother, father, aunt, uh, whatever it was, was it something I saw on TV, something that said, hey, I think it could be different?
1: Yeah, um, my dad, for sure. Um, so my dad, uh, not educated, um, grew up in a totally different era. Um, he was the youngest of uh, 10, 11 kids, Um, You know, he was 20 years younger than his older sibling, at least 20 years older than his older sibling. Um, And so he had an experience where, you know, we grew up in South Carolina and they were literally sharecropping, like literally like living on other people's land, farming their land and and, and sharecropping. Um, And so my dad, I saw my dad at a very young age, I was maybe six years old at the most, um, work at this cotton mill sixteen hour days, 120 degree temperatures temperatures year round. Um, and I saw this guy do it day in, day out. He would come home soaking wet. And one day uh he put in for a, a promotion. He won this promotion and um they ended up giving it to another guy and then asking him to train the guy. Can you imagine that, right? And so my dad quit, man. He just walked out on the spot and um Maybe like a couple of weeks later, he's um, he convinced this guy that owned this building to give him the building and, and put a business in the building. And he started for nothing. I mean, literally, not, he, did, he didn't even have enough to even put anything down on the building. Like he just the guy just liked him. He had a conversation with the guy, told him what he wanted to do. And he convinced the guy to give it to him. Um, fast forward that he, my dad, changed our family dynamic. You know, he didn't become ultra wealthy from starting his business, but it, it was far cry from where we started, right? And um, seeing this guy with no education, um, no money, five kids, and a wife walk out on a job—it just it was amazing. It was fascinating to me. Um, and people ask me all the time, "So, man, how, how did you get on that bus and buy that one-way ticket?" I said, "Well, I seen this guy with five kids and a wife." walk out of a job and he he couldn't even pay his bills. And then he started something remarkable. Um, And for me, that made it so much easier to get on that bus. I didn't have a kid, I didn't have a wife, you know, it was just me. And that, for me, changed my life.
2: Excellent. Yeah, that's amazing. I guess he took the risk and you saw that and you saw it was worth doing. Right. That's
1: great. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Corey, tell us, how do you market yourself, your company give us some tips or pointers to our audience?
1: Yeah. And so, um, once again, so I think of everything like a deal. And so I'm always looking to acquire, I think acquisition. Right. And so, um, we work with companies to place athletes. We work with uh, athletes to get them funding. And so what I do is I acquire talent. Um, I acquire talent and I structure it in a way that allowed me to get business. Right. And so for me, if I bring on, like, for instance, I brought on an individual who doesn't directly work for me, but we incentivize them to partner with us and they brought on their, the company that they work for, right? And so I'm always thinking of unique ways to work with individuals that can bring people and companies that we wanna work with. Um, and so it's just really thinking about how you help people um and that's that's my biggest method of marketing i'm gonna come help you right i'm gonna bring an athlete financing i'm gonna bring them capital uh i'm gonna bring someone who worked in us in the recruiting industry um three years worth of salary right i'm gonna show you how to do that right work with us i'm gonna give you three years worth of your salary um, and so I think of unique ways to bring on talent which also brings on more business, if that makes sense.
2: Sure, sure.
0: What kind of people would you like to connect with from our show for your own deals?
1: Yeah, um, anyone that's in the space of, um, obviously real estate investors that are looking to get into real estate deals because a lot of our athletes are. Um, anyone in the Fortune 500 or tech space that, that um, can use great talent in the form of athletes Um, that's definitely very important to us. That's part of our core business, um, placing athletes in those opportunities. Um, and, and so those are the biggest ones, you know, um, people who are really in that space of financing and, and doing deals, um, but also the hiring acquisition side of it as well.
2: Yeah, that's great. That really is. Could you, uh, share with us something that other, the business community otherwise wouldn't know? share a story, uh, something, a uh, life experience that other people wouldn't know about you?
1: Let's see, I mean, everybody knows about my sports background, obviously. I mean, if you don't, I mean, it's pretty easy to find find out about, um, I think the the thing that I always tell, well, I'm talking to, to young people too. Um, so when I graduated high school, I, I could barely read, like literally could barely read. Um, and most people wouldn't know that because I developed this skill set of being able to, like, literally sit in in a space and just absorb information, and then I can regurgitate it in different ways with different viewpoints. Like, I, I I don't know how I was able to do it, and so so my teachers had a hard time trying to understand why I was struggling, like when it came to written stuff, but when we having a like presentation, I could give the, I could I could I could do it. Um, And so that contributed, I believe, to my ability to operate in business and and do deals. And so that disadvantage became an advantage to me um, for me. And so I think the biggest thing is I had that struggle. But I guess what I would want people to know is all of your disadvantages have great advantages and you have to really search and look for them.
0: spot on there how would what would be the best way for people to reach out to you we have obviously other guests that have been on the show that i think we'll be making some introductions with that make a lot of sense um and also if people watching the show listening to the show how would it be best for them to reach out and get in touch with you
1: yeah i mean obviously um all your professionals um linkedin is a great place for me I, i love being on linkedin making relationships and also, you can see kind of what I'm doing, and I have activity as content as well. Um, so, connect with me on LinkedIn, but um, also you can go to quirks.com. Um, and if you're interested in what we're doing, there's an opportunity for you to connect with us directly there, um, either connect, connecting with our recruiters or co- connecting with some of our individuals on the financing side as well. Um, so, quirks.com, LinkedIn is two good places to connect with me.
2: I just wanted to spell that for, for those. It's Quirks, Q-Q-Q. W-E-R-K-Z. Yep. If you're watching or listening to this episode of The Dill Flow Show, you can
0: get access to our archives as well as future episodes. Follow us, subscribe at thedillflowshow.com. On behalf of Paul Nicolini, my co-host, myself, J.P. Maroney, our team here at The Dill Flow Show and Harbor City Capital, Corey Jackson, so glad to have you on the show. Corey Jackson from Quirks. Real quick, before we finish up, you mentioned that you have a book. Um, Is it available on Amazon? What's the best way for people to get access to your your knowledge?
1: Yeah, the the book is available on uh, Amazon. It's called Think Different, Live Different, Be Different. Um, And you can get it on Amazon pretty easily.
0: Excellent. Corey Jackson, thanks so much for being on the show, and uh, maybe we'll have you back again soon, but we really appreciate you being a part of season one of The Deal Flow Show. Take care, everybody. Thanks, Corey.
1: For more episodes, visit TheDealFlowShow.com and subscribe.